This episode of Your Catholic Life is brought to you by Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners with Christ. IowaCatholicRadio.com, and now broadcasting on the free Iowa Catholic Radio app. Welcome in, everyone, to Your Catholic Life, a podcast for Catholics by Catholics, helping you grow in your faith. I'm John Leonetti, your host. The USCCB, otherwise known as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, every bishop in every diocese in every state, in the U.S. Virgin Islands, too, they have bishops, too, you know, all with the same focus, the same goal, to promote the greater good. They have leaders, too, a president of the conference, vice president, among others, who are elected to help lead this mission. Here to talk about the last three years of this conference and his vocation as a Catholic priest, Archbishop Joseph E. Kurtz of the Archdiocese of Louisville. Hello, Archbishop. Well, hello, John. I'm, I'm grateful to be on your program. Well, I appreciate you doing this, and this is not the first interview we've conducted together. No, it is not. So it's, it's good to return to be a friend. And of course, uh, I like the fact uh, of being on Iowa Catholic Radio. Iowa is one of my favorite states. Ah, there you go. I like, I like hearing you say that, Archbishop. <laughs> Who inspired you to become a priest? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. You know, uh, I, I, I really didn't have any priests in the family. Uh, I, I think it was probably my own mom and dad who who were very faithful and catholic as catholics uh my parish priest who was probably in his 70s when i started to look around so he he was older uh but was faithful to the family he was in in, in, in a sense he was part of our family hmm. and i and i guess that's what inspired me and and maybe also john uh my older brother george who had down syndrome uh Georgie uh, brought out the best in people, and I think he made me, because of his presence, think of deeper things in life, and, and maybe maybe God used him uh, to, to speak to me about the call to the priesthood. Well, I've oftentimes said, and I, I mean this so sincerely, I think Down syndrome is God's ge- greatest gift and showing of his love. Well, I, I'm sorry you never met my brother Georgie, because he was really a corker. He mm. was a good, good man, too. That's awesome. It gives me the goosebumps. Uh, what do you think makes a good priest today? Hmm, that's that's a very good question. Well, uh, first of all, a, a good priest uh, needs to to be totally human, seeking to be holy. Hmm. Uh, I guess you can say that's true of a, of a good baptized person, isn't it? Sure. Uh, but it, it cannot be a leader if you yourself are not doing uh, what you're asking others to do. And so, I think a good priest, first of all. Uh, has to be himself. He can't pretend to be someone else. Uh, he he has to uh, seek to live his baptismal call of holiness, and then in addition to that, he's called uh, to be a leader. Obviously, by the way we preach, celebrate the sacraments, and provide pastoral care. And that last one is especially the one that rightly Pope Francis is emphasizing. Hmm. I, you know, smelling like the sheep. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and you're. And I got to say this, well, Archbishop. Yeah. I mean this sincerely. You're kind of widely known as as an Archbishop like that. I mean, I, I've seen you on the front lines with people on a regular basis. Uh, you know, prayerfully protesting things and just being out there with your priests and the parishes. I mean, that's that's a quality. I I think you've had that even before Francis, but of course he's doubled down on that. Well, you, I think you're right, and uh, I often say to people, Pope Francis has introduced the art of accompaniment. I didn't know that was an art, uh, but I did know when I was ordained in 1972, and I looked around, 
and I said, well, now, which priest do I want to imitate? Hmm. Who are going to be my heroes? They were the ones who, of course, uh, were true to the faith, were true to Jesus, but always had the capacity gently to lead people, to accompany people. And uh, Pope Francis is now... um, giving us some words to what we, I guess, all, always knew in some ways, huh? He's, he's uh, challenging. Priests. He, sh- he sure is. And that's, that's a good thing, I think. Um, Priests and bishops, yeah. Yes, and bishops. Do you remember the call when you, um, when you got uh, offered to be a bishop, asked to be oh, a bishop? I, you know what? I think every bishop does. <laughs> I, I, I sure do remember it. I, I was a pastor back in, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, hmm. and uh, came back from, I, I can remember it, I was visiting... Uh, parishioners and others in nursing homes, and I came back, and someone said, "Gee, so, uh, somebody with an accent called you from uh, from Washington." And I thought, "Well, <laughs> I, I, I was in Catholic Charities work for years, so so perhaps uh, it was uh, something that uh, you know I dealt with that because I was helping immigrant families and all." So I thought, oh, "All right, I'll call." And sure enough, I called, and it was the secretary saying, oh, the nuncio wants to talk to him. I'm glad I knew what a nuncio was. <laughs> and and uh, he, he then said, our Holy Father uh, wants uh, to appoint you as the bishop of Knoxville. And uh, I'd never been to Tennessee, but I said, uh, well, if the Holy Father thinks I can do that, uh, I'm going to say yes. Wow. And then how long? How long does it take then between until you're actually, would it, would, would it be ordained a bishop? Yeah, 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 ordained a bishop. Yeah, actually, John, uh, he said to me, uh, I said, yeah, I thought I could. That was on a Tuesday. He says, we'll be in Knoxville next Tuesday. Oh my so uh, so uh, I was there for the announcement, and then we had kind of a short turnaround. Uh, I wanted to be uh, ordained on the feast of, uh, really, the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, mm. December uh, 8th. And so it was only six weeks uh, between that time. So we had a lot to do, and, uh, oh, uh, it, it's, it's been a great adventure ever since. I love it. Now, uh, that was your first assignment. Is Louisville your second? It is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, you... came, I, I, was in eight, I was eight years in Knoxville, and now I'm, I've just begun, actually, my tenth year uh, here in Louisville. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bishop uh, now, 17 years, uh, beginning my 18th. What's the hardest thing about being a bishop today? Oh... Because, you know, this, this is a life that's not, you know, I, I've always said, that's why the priesthood to me is so heroic. You know, you, you guys are fighting a culture here, and, and we're yeah. behind you 100%, but you guys in a lot of ways are leading the way. Yeah, I guess the hardest thing is, is to, uh, first of all, to, to be yourself and to continue to bring hope to situations. Because mm-hmm. in, in a given day, uh, now I guess I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, squeezing into this my experience the last three years with the Bishop's Conference, because that was quite an adventure. Sure. But, uh, but every day, not only are you involved pastorally, walking with people, celebrating Mass, visiting schools, visiting parishes, but you're also engaged in the public square. And that's uh, just equally as important, because we've always, we've always said that Jesus calls us uh, to be good citizens of heaven and of earth. And so uh, the earth part is, is something that also needs to concern us if we're going to uh, address and serve 
the real needs of people. This has been on my heart for so long, praying for our bishops, praying for our priests. And I mean that sincerely, actually praying for them on a regular basis, because in a lot of ways, I think there's there's pressure. Um, society, you know, looks to you guys as well as the Catholic Church does um, in a lot of ways to, to be the leaders, which you, I know, have just been so incredible at and, and so many other bishops that I know. Um, and, and, you know, you, you think in a lot of ways, who's feeding you guys? How do you guys get fed? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you said that, because uh, I just gave my address uh, on uh, Monday of this week, at the beginning of, of the plenary meeting of our bishops, and I gave five vignettes, five events. The last event was a, a call that I got from Bishop David B. Thompson, who at age 90 called me three years ago to congratulate me on being a bishop, and or, excuse me, on being the president of the Bishop's Conference. Uh, he died a week after that. Wow. And I always considered him a Barnabas. Uh, you know the word Barnabas, sure. means, uh, son of encouragement. And so I, I mentioned that as one of the things that's part of the Bishop's Conference. I said to the bishops, listen, we each have to be Barnabas to one another, yeah. and, and we have to receive that. So you're right. I, I think admitting that we're human, everyone else can see it, can see it so why can't we, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about three years. Uh, you were elected uh, president. Uh, do, do you still know who put your name in the hat for that? Well, you know what? You, don't know, you know how it happened? No, I want to know. <clears throat> well, uh, every bishop who has an assignment, meaning not the emeritus bishops, but all the other bishops, sure. so about 250 of them, they get a letter saying, give us five names of the, of, of the people you think should be the president. And then those names are compiled. And the highest one mentioned, uh, the one mentioned most frequently, is asked first. Wow. And it goes down the list till we get to top ten. And so this Tuesday when we had the election, uh, there were ten uh, mentioned uh, after the president was elected, in this case Cardinal DiNardo, then from the remaining nine, uh, 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 Archbishop Gomez was elected. Uh, often, but not always, but often the president is elected from the vice president. So in many ways, uh, whoever is currently the vice president has a good chance that they'll probably be asked to become the president. Hmm. That certainly happened to me. I served as vice president uh, with uh, Cardinal Dolan, and then uh, for three years, and then president for these three years. And you, you're a leader of leaders. I mean, what, what's it like to lead other bishops? Well, you know what? Uh, it's to serve. Hmm. It, it, you know, we say that, that one of the ancient titles of, of uh, the Holy Father, the Pope, is servant of the servants, right? Yeah. And so in many ways, it's to ser- but to serve in a very unique way, because a bishop's conference really has three purposes. It's supposed to give resources and support to that local bishop. Let's face it, the bread and butter of a, of a local church is that bishop, just as uh, the bread and butter of, an arch, of a diocese are the parishes. And so we support the bishop who in turn serves the people. And then the second purpose is to deal with the vital issues on a national level. And then the third is to work with other bishop, bishop conferences throughout the world. So I've been all over the world, wherever the hot spots are, trying to be support to other bishops, does all he, under Pope Francis. Does each president, uh, incoming president, kind of have their own objectives, their own goals? Well, we tend to, we tend to uh, obviously take up the strategic goals that the bishops form. Sure. Now, I think we bring our own talent, maybe, hmm. or disposition. So uh, I think every bishop president probably puts a certain mark on that, and uh, call some of the other bishops up, you'll find out what my mark was. 
And, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but we don't set our own agenda. Uh, the agenda is set by the body of bishops. We serve the body of bishops. Mm. You know what, uh, Cord- God rest the Cardinal George, because he was the president prior to uh, uh, Cardinal Dolan, and he used to say there's no archbishop of the United States. Wow. In other words, the president is serving the other bishops who in turn are serving uh, they're faithful along with their priests. What did you set out to accomplish? What, what were some of the things that were uh, discussed amongst the other bishops in the last three years? Well, of course, uh, one of the major things we knew that was on, on the agenda was, did you know we have a new pope? So, so <laughs> I one of the major that. things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Remember, he had, he, uh, our Holy Father uh, began in, let's say, March of that year, and then I was elected in November. Wow. So one of the first things was simply uh, our efforts to, to join with the Universal Church and the leadership of, of Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. And that has included, by the way, two synods. It has included, uh, a, a, you know, he visited the United States. I hope you remember that. And, yes. uh, and not only that, but he came to the border when he visited Mexico. So there's actually been in three years two synods in Rome and uh, two visits of the Pope. So uh, that has been uh, a major aspect of it. Um, the other agendas, John, uh, include, uh, obviously, our efforts in evangelization, uh, our efforts that we're doing with the, the fifth encuentro of acknowledging the gift and also how we, we need to serve a Latino, growing Latino presence within our church and nation. Um, it, it has included all the challenges of religious freedom. You know, we we are are free not to be special. We're free to serve, and so that has occupied a good bit of my time trying to not only preserve the gift of freedom, but to explain to people that it's it's not asking for any special privilege. I, I think of the little sisters of the poor. I think most people understand that 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 our freedom is a gift to be used to serve others. Wow. That's inspiring. Archbishop Kurtz is my guest. Uh, when the Holy Father, Pope Francis, came to the United States, did you get a special audience with him? Well, I was his, I was his primary host, so wow. I, I, I walked with him. Yeah, I accompanied him for, now, each, in each city, of course, uh, Cardinal Whirl in Washington, uh, Cardinal Dolan in New York, and Archbishop Chaput in, in Philadelphia were all the, the individual hosts. But if it were any public event, for example, uh, with the President, Congress, uh, they were all areas where when he came on the airplane, uh, I was there to meet him. That that was a special sp- a privilege to have. Was that the, that was would have been the first time you met him as pope? No, no. Actually, uh, the first meeting with him was when Cardinal Dolan and I went in October. Hmm. It would have been October of, I guess, thirteen. So we we met him October thirteen. I was elected president November of thirteen. Wow. The next month. Did, did anything stick out to you that he said? To you personally, or the other bishops? Well, yeah, well, I, I will say this: that uh, I just met with him on, on October sixth, just a month ago, wow. in Rome at the end of our curial visits. And uh, among the many things we talked, we talked about his visit and how inspiring it was. He himself said uh, how inspiring it was for him wow. to experience the faith of people in the United States. So that was a good thing. Um, he, when he he knew I was finishing up as president, and so he thanked me for maintaining unity among our bishops. And I, I spoke about that in my uh, address of this past Monday to our bishops. I said, you know, our Holy Father uh, uh, talked about that unity. In fact, uh, 
that's when I was talking about being a Barnabas, being an encouragement. Sure. That was part of what I was saying. And I think our Holy Father recognizes that, that if we who serve together are not united, it's kind of like a family. If a family is not united within their family, they're not going to serve others very well. They're not going to do very well in, in, in serving others. They're going to bring the unrest or the division with them in serving others. So I'm glad that, that our Holy Father acknowledged that. It was good. That's a beautiful thing, and, and, and especially with our Holy Father. He's, he, he, he's so, uh, it seems to me, astute. I mean, he's, he's very, he's got his finger, it seems like, everywhere. He knows what's he going does. on. He, he, he sure does. You're absolutely right. It's, it's, uh, it's inspiring to know that. What are you going to do he now with that, all your extra time? Oh, you know what, uh, John, I'm so glad. <laughs> One of the things is restore balance. You know what, I, can I go to confession on the air? <laughs> sure. I, uh, I, uh, no absolution. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I would go every month to Gethsemane for, from Sunday till Tuesday morning for my day of holy prayer. Wow. And these, this, th- these three years, it's kind of come apart. I just was on the road. We're so tired. I guess uh, that, that fell by the wayside, except for Thanksgiving. I will be with them again in Thanksgiving. But I'm going to restore that. And those little things, having a chance, a little more time for recreation, I don't mean that I'm going to live the life of Riley, but, but I think to restore a rhythm and balance is very important. I, I love the adventure for these three years. It was a great thing to be all over the world, you know, in, in the Philippines and Haiti and uh, uh, Ukraine, so many different places, the, the two places, the two synods in Rome. Uh, but it'll be good to restore that balance and equilibrium. I, I think every follower of Jesus needs to attend to that. I, I You know, Archbishop, I, I just want to thank you for that, because it's inspiring to hear even that our, even our leaders sometimes get a little bit out of balance. Absolutely. You know, we all do. No, absolutely. We all do. And, and sometimes, if, it, if it's an emergency or a crisis, you don't say, well, uh, too bad, I, I have my holy hour. <laughs> you, you, you have to help people, but, but then you have to restore it. And that's what I think is, uh, is good about God's grace. He nudges us to do that. That's so important. Uh, would you have a little fun with me? Sure. Go okay, ahead. I'm going to rapid-fire some questions, and then uh, you just tell me the first thing that comes to your head. Go ahead. All right. Fiction or nonfiction? What do you rather read? Uh, fi- fiction. Really? Yeah. Favorite book of the Old Testament? Hmm. Uh, Isaiah. Okay. Uh, you could have only one book beside the Bible on an island. What would it be? You said it's rapid fire, didn't you? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of time. One, yeah, one one book. Ah, ah, that 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 is is really. I I I think maybe the uh, the homilies of Augustine. Ooh, okay. Uh, no, they're really good. Yeah, I I have not ever read all of them. I I think I've seen a couple of them, but that that be interesting. called the essential preaching of Augustine. That's it's excellent. Okay, uh, so that that kind of answers my next question. I was going to say the Summa or the Confessions. Yeah, I, I think I'm more prone toward uh, Augustine. Okay. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Uh, Luke. Louisville or Louisville? Oh, Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, about it. That, 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 that can't be a multiple choice. <laughs> uh, fish or shrimp on Fridays? Uh, I think fish. Fish, okay. Uh, red wine or white wine? Wine. Uh, white wine. Favorite saint? My favorite saint is St. Joseph. Hardest one of them. My, my mom and dad named me Joseph, so I, I'm kind of partial. That's beautiful. Uh, hardest one of them all. Last one. Higher place yeah. in heaven. 
Augustine or Monica? Oh, Monica. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you know what I mean? She was the one who hang, hung in there, right? Yeah, she did. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I asked Dr. Peter Kreef that question, and he said, uh, he said, well, if Augustine was there, he would have gladly deferred to Monica. Oh, that's good. Yeah, she's the, she's good. the one that uh, is by far the most popular there, and I think you're right. She hung in there. Uh, Archbishop, yeah. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for your time. I know how precious that is, and um, I, I just, I'm, I'm so elated that you would do this with me and my listeners. Great. Great to be with you, John. Thank you so much, everyone. So there you have it, friends, the past president of the USCCB, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Friends, do you pray for our bishops? I hope you do. I hope you pray for our bishops and our priests. It's a must. You know, there, there are shepherds, there are guides, and the Lord is in them in a very, very special way. And I hope you recognize that. Uh, if you can't, reach out to your own bishop. I know I got listeners all around the country on this podcast. Reach out to your own bishop. Once in a while, send him a note of thanks. Let him know that you're praying for him. And ask him if there's any way that you can help him. I, I, I'm inspired by our bishops, every single one of them. I, I'm, expi- I'm inspired by their, by their heroic leadership, their call, their dedication, and, and the hard work that they put into the kingdom. And you know what? I, I think it's time for us to be able to show them that and just how gracious we are for that. Friends, thanks so much for listening today. Make sure to tune in to this and other episodes of Your Catholic Life and share them on your Facebook, on your Twitter, wherever it is. Make sure to invite some of your family and friends in too. They're always welcome here. I'm John Linetti signing off here on Your Catholic Life. Remember, the only way to happiness is by holiness. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today.